Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers Hi welcome to this edition of State of Economy podcast on defense our today's guest is no stranger to defense industry Mr Rajin Singh Bhatia is an army veteran and has 5 decades of experience and sizable of it as industry leader He recently took over as the president of Society of Indian Defence Manufacturers the apex interface between the industry and the government and globally as well ahead of the budget we will have mr bhatia's views on the industry expectation and how it is poised to deliver on services requirements for mainstay weapons and next generation systems besides government's push for exports welcome to the podcast sir uh, let me uh, begin with with a question how does the government and services look at industry presently as it has been more than 7 years since the defense acquisition procedure was amended in 2016 to initiate atmanirbharta in military domain and how this gets reflected in the sidm approach and before you answer sir uh, let me congratulate you uh, for becoming uh, president of sidm uh dilip uh, thank you so much uh, i think it's a very important question the government looks at uh, industry becoming a very strong pillar in its effort to become a atmanirbhar bharat no country can actually call itself truly independent if it is dependent upon other countries for its security needs we cannot be a importer of security and hence the line taken by the government of india to ensure that we become self sufficient and also become a self reliant nation is actually the theme moving forward if you recall and if you see uh, if you were to play a cricket match and uh, half of your team was sitting outside there is a very little chance that you will win that match so when you want to achieve an aim which is like atmanirbhar bharat or a self reliant nation you cannot leave half your resources out and then say that i will be able to achieve that aim by that what i mean is that we need public sector undertakings and we as much need the private industry to be there so that the complete optimal utilization of all the national resources is done to achieve that aim of a self reliant country so government looks at private industry with great expectations and to be honest i don't think uh, we have uh, let them down in the last few years we have uh, taken rapid strides you rightly said it is a criticality or the real thrust came about 8 to 9 years ago so according to you about 7 to 8 years have passed but you must recall that this business is like a marathon a new uh, project generally in today's time frame takes anything from 5 to 7 years to actually see a uh, fructification so the timelines would be long but the entry barriers are also high so once you have stepped into it i think industry will be there for good so this is to answer the first part of your question the second part is sidm over the last few years in fact it is a uh, nascent body but it has donned the mantle of becoming the absolute voice of the defense industry we represent almost 600 companies and we are looking at taking this figure up to about 1000 by the end of next year and 
that would be a true reflection of the complete defense industrial base in the country. We strongly believe that if nation has to achieve its aim, then we need to have a situation where every constituent, be it in private sector or in public sector, pulls together to achieve the aim for which we have set. So what is your, uh, no, what is the SIDM uh, no, immediate goal for 2024, if I can ask, sir? See, there are a number of goals which are there, but two, three prominent ones I would like to highlight. First is that we need to have a more, I would say, focused organization for the exports. If I was to tell you that the total manufacturing in the country last year was 1,8,000 crores, out of which approximately 20% was in private industry and 79 to 80% was done by the defense public sector undertakings. But the interesting part is when you take a look at the export figures, the export last year was 16,000. This year it is tending to be going to be around 20,000 crores. Nearly 80% of that exports comes from private industry. So if you take a look, I think one of the focus areas for SIDM would be to setting up of a export promotion council, which is what we have been tasked by the Indian government, also to get, you know, organizations like uh, Exim Bank on board. We need a separate desk for defense exports, and we need all the collaborative effort of the, both the state and the industry to realize the aim of $5 billion exports in the next three to four years. And this is not a tall figure. Today, we will be almost, uh, hopefully, by next year, we should be touching about 3 billion. And if we are touching 3 billion, um, going up to 5 billion is very much possible in the next three to four years. So one of the focus areas would be that. The second focus area would be that there is always a scope for improvement. I think we have moved a long way from where we were, say, many years ago. We have a lot of transparency, we have a lot of interaction, there are a lot of policy changes which are done, but then you will realize that there's always scope for improvement. So we would like to take a look at, try to find whatever are the areas where we can make the policy framework more conducive for the Indian industry. The third and the foremost point would be on the startup ecosystem and the MSMEs. No country can afford to develop technology. In fact, uh, I, if Dalip, you allow me, I'd like to expand a bit on it. A technology is in a three-segment process. There could be research and development, there could be innovation, and there could be breakthrough technology. Now, research and development, which is in fundamental research, would always remain a state subject. And organizations like maybe DRDO or industries or the large mega industries would be taking a look at it. Innovation happens at every time, but innovation is an incremental step. The real benefit of technology development comes from breakthrough technology. And word over it is seen that the breakthrough technologies actually come out of garages and startups. Now, we need to really nurture our startups to take it forward. That is why there's a big focus in SIDM to find ways to find funding for the startups and also to nurture them so that they can bring tomorrow's cutting-edge technology to the fore. So these are some of the focus areas. I am only telling you about two or three points which are focused. There are many others which are part of our uh, year's target and two years' target. 
and uh, hopefully over one of the next discussions i'll be able to share all that with you so you have flagged a couple of issues in your uh, in your response uh, on startups exports but i would uh, i would take up the startups issue slightly later in our conversation i would like to you know get on to exports uh, sir what we have been seeing is you no know, the foreign oems are interested in you no know, either uh, having a tie up coming here uh, selling you uh, know making weapons and selling here but we have not been able to uh, get access to the uh, to the us or european market because because of the you know uh, uh, regulatory factors how I, and i also know that government is government of india is is trying to negotiate but what is the prescription sidm has Uh, because the industry you know we have been talking to the industry industry also feels okay fair enough you uh, you say uh, sign an sir you know mou with uk with uh, france uh, with us but unless until you get access to their market if you can sell their product you won't be able to cross that lakshman rekha so your views on it again an excellent question let me first take a us market because that is little more unique than rest of them Now, U.S. is by far the largest defense contractor, or the country which spends the maximum amount of money, is almost forty to forty-five percent of the global spend on defense. So there is no way that you want to become a major power in defense production and not be participant in U.S. market. Now, U.S. market actually plays in a very different manner. To get into the supply chain, there are various steps which we need to be taken. Now, one of them was. that while do we do have uh, iset and some other agreements with us government but the criticality is our two agreements one is called sosa which is supply on strategic materials and strategic uh, uh, components coming into united states and second is dfars now dfars once you are a qualifying country under dfars and you have signed sosa then all indian companies can get into the supply chain of the us now those are the critical steps those are part of our policy uh, initiatives we are looking at sosa is almost about to be signed but we also need to become participant in dfars once india comes in there a large number of indian companies will be able to get into the supply chain now coming down to the second point which is on europe uh, that is not uh, fully correct a uh, large number of the companies in private uh, sector are exporting goods to europe although the market may not have broken very uh, in a big manner but a large number of uh, uh, even from my own company a number of items are being exported today to europe we are also looking at many other markets in addition to this so european market would be easier to break because it does not need classically many more agreements although you are aware about the uk ibc and sidm signing an agreement but us market will be dependent upon are crossing the hurdle of signing dfars and sosa so these are the answer as far as i am concerned for these two markets rest of the markets are open and available and i think uh, most of the indian industry either in public or private sector is exploring those opportunities so let's let's expand this uh, narrative slightly more and get on to the immediate neighbor no india does not appear to have a southeast asia strategy i am talking about military Uh, to sort of to counter china's influence as we as we have a defined military approach towards uh, west uh, can you explain 
because see but we are not able to sell the way we want to in in uh, in southeast asia we are not able to sell the way we want to in africa why is it so we we offer a competitive price uh, our systems quality voice also i don't think uh, are inferior but where are the issues is it in terms of uh, you know, government's policy approach or what it is can you be precise on it okay uh, there are two parts to your question one is the tackling the security scenario which you what you mentioned to start with and then moved on to what needs facilitation to help us approach various markets as far as our stand vis-a-vis uh, various neighbors how do we want to handle that security situation uh, it is out of uh, you know our charter i'm sure our armed forces our bureaucracy our uh, uh, political establishment is well equipped to handle that part i would not be uh, rightly commenting on that now coming back to the second point as to whether we are able to exploit the market any place where you start new and we have actually started on this venture new and let me share with you that just about 7 years ago i was in one of the seminars without naming uh, we were very told we are a gandhian nation and this made seven about 10 years uh, we are a gandhian nation 11 years ago we are a gandhian nation we do not want to export uh, you know the arms the things have changed we are starting to look at in a different manner today we are going all out not even 5 years ago i could imagine that uh, every delegation which comes from outside will visit us the private industry today you have interactions going on you have uh, ds coming over before even they go for their job they come to the private industry to find out what they can do for them so we moved a long way but have we reached our ultimate aim not yet there will always be scope for going further now you ask me one question why is it that other people are able to exploit well they probably started on this path earlier what we need to do is and that's exactly when you asked me uh, what are the focus area one of the most important focus areas which i mentioned was export promotion and export promotion needs a seamless activity between mod mea and ministry of commerce and you need a similar kind of lines of credit like people are doing i am sure government is quite alive to it we have been told and given very positive feelings and that's why Uh, some of the countries uh, companies today have exports more than their domestic revenues even in our um, my own group uh, 70% of this year's revenue is coming from exports so there is a sea change if you see we have gone 10 times in last 7 years in exports but if you talk about at the global level uh, it's, it's it's a drop in the ocean we have to go a long distance i am eternally positive man i believe we have covered a major amount of journey small little hiccups small little hurdles will always be there we need to overcome that and i think uh, we should be able to not only achieve the laid out targets but probably surpass another uh, no, uh, small question before we wind up this uh, part of the conversation and move on south korea uh, no has been exporting and uh, their products and uh, and their exports have gone phenomenal uh, phenomenally well and i was the other, the other day i was reading about uh, them and how they have tweaked their policies uh, to ensure uh, that it is it is seamless and and uh, and responsive uh, to the market can you uh, can you give a sense on 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 south korean uh, uh, story defense uh, manufacturing story here um, 
rather than giving a sense on South uh, Korean story, let's say if we can learn the lessons from what South Korea has done. But the critical part to this is, let's take a look. Did South Korea start seven years ago? No, they started to develop their defense industry long time ago. As early as uh, 15 to 20 years ago, I was a regular visitor to South Korea. I saw the industry. They were always in uh, making all the engines at, uh, in Korea. They were always developing. They were all. So the key to exports lies in the fact who owns the intellectual property. This is the key which we have been talking that we need to evolve. We need to become custodians of intellectual property. Markets will open thereafter. Now, there are two parts to the export um, story. The first part lies in the fact who owns the intellectual property. Do you have the technology ownership to probably market that equipment? The second part is that if you have the technology ownership, you need a framework which should be able to allow you to do. Now, coming back first part to the technology ownership, what South Korea did, South Korea went with their champions. They created certain champion industries. They allowed them to operate. India is a very vibrant democracy. I am not sure we can follow the same path as South Korea and uh, say one person only or one company will only make uh, ships in the country. In a country like India, it becomes, uh, you know, very, very difficult to try and earmark private industry to say you will only do this and others will only do that. And this and that's how the specialization actually came in Korea. Whether we can adopt that model in India, I will leave that uh, as a question mark. But what we can learn from them is that we need to create technology in the country. Ownership of technology is what's going to help you. Thereafter, if we are able to put our egg together, India stands in a unique position as an emerging force. And I think a lot of markets will open. If you say there is a work in progress, I will totally agree with you, work in progress. But if you say not much has happened, I don't tend to agree because I think we have almost done tenfold increase in our exports. And that is far more than what anybody anticipated any time in the recent past. I was basically talking on the pace and the policy part of it. But let's get on to uh, another question, sir. How is the uh, you know, Indian industry shaping up vis-a-vis you know, -vis, uh, our future uh, you know, requirements? And I think uh, I would like to uh, you know, seek uh, your opinion on the AMCA, you know, which has been uh, pending for long. And uh, Air Force at, at various uh, level has been you know, uh, flagging uh, the need for uh, 4.5 or a fifth generation aircraft. So answering this question is that uh, if you take a look at segment wise, uh, well, now in land systems, we may have reached a level of, uh, you know, self-sufficiency, which is very high, living side, there's certain items which may be on the seeker side or on certain you know, items which are probably more oriented towards electro-optical detection. So there may be work required to be done. On marine, um, there are reasonable amount of progress. On the Air Force side, engines remains to be a big bugbear for us. And there is no doubt that we need to find a way to get rid of this. We strongly believe whenever we have been driven to the wall, Whenever other options have uh, not opened out, we have been able to achieve the aims which have been laid down for us. Take a look at what ISRO has achieved in sending a craft to now even to Sun for that matter, or sending it to Mars or sending it to Moon. All this was achieved because nobody else was there to give you this technology. So you created all this at home. Right now, we are still dithering between, you know, having an under license agreement to manufacture or developing our own. 
once there is a national effort which is uh, you know put into place and we believe that it has to be done i am very sure it will happen the question is can we put all the national effort all together can we have all the competent companies coming together and taking it forward well that is the only issue to my mind it will it can happen it will happen how fast it will happen is the question and this cannot be done away with you cannot have a a country with uh, all its aircrafts dependent upon engines coming from outside your heart is uh, lying outside so this is i tend to agree with the importance of this the way forward would be a national project of this nature and if that is taken up i am very sure within a very short time we will be able to find the work done in this country yeah self reliance uh, in in core uh, defense technology you know is uh, an issue in itself perhaps we'll uh, talk about it in detail later but sir now coming back to startups no what exactly you know i would like to know what exactly sidm is doing for startups and i don't see you know their rep- startups representation in person sidm itself and uh, startups uh, though, though they have a you know fair contribution uh, given limitations for, you know fund crunch what and most of these startups like i have i have interv- i have interviewed them i have talked to them they have some of them have come on my podcast also uh, there are re- really serious issues about uh, funding because uh, venture capital vc funding are drying up and that's not a phenomena uh, restricted to india world over uh, we are seeing uh, uh the funding to startups are not coming up how do you see about it and uh, have you have you put uh, or has the sidm put it uh, thoughts on paper how to navigate this whole issue so firstly uh, i think the first part of your uh, um i would say observation needs a bit of a correction uh, we have already brought on board uh, a startup uh, i would say startup leader as member of our a committee which is the executive committee of sit we have renda kapoor there and she is just uh, joined and confirmed and she'll be leading a one of our sub committees which will be dealing only with startups so first part this is the first action i had taken the moment we took over as i took over as the president i discussed along with my dg and i said we need to focus on startups and we need to see what we can do with bringing a person on committee itself does not mean that we are done a lot but we have a lot in pipeline for that now what are the basic issues which come with the startup now i am sure you have spoken to them i have also spoken to them and number of them i support about six startups already in various manners and i'll just give you my views on the subject when does a startup come a startup will be really there when it feels that in a reasonable amount of time it can see light at the end of the tunnel end of the tunnel light means he whatever his idea is he can convert it into revenue into a time frame which is of his thinking which may be one year two years three years four years thereafter he spends his own money he does not have too much of money looks at some grants and tries to go through this process initial success is always very good but then you all end up in what we call the valley of death which is the time from where the idea has been proven but taking it to manufacturing is becoming a huge challenge because the funding requirements are totally different is the time when they need support both financially and otherwise to take them through the valley of death 
once they cross that valley of death again it is a, a good runway for them to take off now just to give you an example with a very little commitment in idex by the government of india we were able to ignite the minds of maybe about 1000 startups in the country now what was the scheme scheme was that you bring 1.5 cr from your side we bring uh, give you 1.5 cr of grant you have an idea you convert that idea and you will get an order placed a showed order at a suitable time to take you for now all this does have challenges because that the money which is there runs out very quickly the funds which come from the government are subject to various checks and balances and uh, do take time so even that assured funding does take a lot of time to come in and that is the time when the financial stress starts to come and to imagine that a startup who is actually a startup can raise more capital either from bank or from anybody else is a very very difficult thing because you really have no assets on ground so that is the time when you start looking at uh, some vc funding or some kind of funding to help you save through now these are the problems which we have identified both in terms of funding and in time right so there are two sets of actions and uh, we are sidm is working very closely with secretary dp in fact there were number of meetings which have been held we are looking at a funding mechanism either based partially with the government at a very consensual funding to ensure that these startups are able to get through this challenging time this is a work in progress you asked me what is the target this is one of our targets to have this streamlined maybe in next uh, 8 to 10 months it could be a alternate investment fund type 2 or it could be a you know on the lines of sidbi it could be online i cannot say what lines it will shape but government is very alive we have raised this point and we have probably been tasked to start working on it and we are um, probably hoping that within about a year's time we are able to come out with something the second part is that every project of a startup cannot be finished in the small amount of 3 crores which you give so you need to go for higher value and those need more funding so there then the idex prime came where the funding went up to 10 crores now the government is even looking at a much bigger funding now 50 crores with a matching grant there is a proposal in the works and we are hoping where uh, the startup may come along with the anchor industry to ensure that they are able to develop the technology and also industrialize the product as they go forward into the future so these are some of the actions which are going on the pain points are well known the struggle is well known and we need to find a time and last would be that we need to shorten the time frame for development to actual placement of order because that's the time the funding is already dried out and uh, his possibility to sustain himself beyond that project may not be there at all and hence we need to ensure that the uh, production orders are placed very quickly immediately after development is complete So, uh, what you are saying, sir, should be music to the ears of startup. Another, I think, uh, question on what must be occupying everybody's mind. We are a few days away from the interim budget. Uh, what is the uh, industry expectation uh, from this year's budget? I, though it is an interim budget, every industry would like more capital spend. They will like, uh, uh, you know, the funding for the products to be increased because a very large amount of our capital budget currently goes into what we call is contractual liabilities, which means the previous orders. 
so you are paying that so the money actual remaining for new procurement is very very small so everybody will look for if you increase the budget everything comes to the new acquisition the second issue which i think uh, i would like to flag is that we need to find a, a mechanism to bring r and d incentive you know there was a time some years ago r and d spend used to get incentive in income tax by virtue of which you get uh, either a weightage of 150% or 200% uh, on a spend and you ended up at 200% you almost saved 30% of your expenditure so if you had spent 100 crores you were actually uh, spending uh, 70 because you had saved some tax i think these kind of benefits to encourage private industry to spend more and more on research and development could only be the wish thing but again expecting this in a you know the interim budget i i am not sure but uh, this would be one of the thought process of course there has been a talk about uh, performance linked incentive for exports for defense like many other industries now the wish list could be very long but let's keep it for the full budget but uh, defense secretary seem to be more optimistic sir uh, uh, you know a few uh, couple of weeks back to, in an interview to a television channel he, he said that he expects some four you uh, know between 5 to 7% uh, jump in the defense budget outlay so so fair fair enough we'll leave at that sir uh, sir but, uh, uh, yes sir please go ahead sir but 5 to 7% budget will not uh, really be very exciting for many people your inflation rate is 4 to 5% people are looking for um, higher jump into the defense budget yeah but the, the last time also the, the the outlay was not encouraging as well <laughs> so so that's why so uh, our wishing is always same we look forward to more capital uh, you know acquisitions simple reason is that we need to get out of that uh, contractual liabilities issue we need more money in the hands of the acquisition wing to place major orders and so while uh, now i'll get into you know while try uh, to have you on many uh, people you know uh, within the industry and the government they believe it now is the time for uh, defense policy reform 2.0 what you think about it uh, because certainly you know the on uh, bidding the whole process needs to be tightened up if we can if we can you know uh, quicken the process uh, uh, in emergency procurements why we why can that be a norm for all kinds of procurement you have uh, touched the nerve which hurts the most uh, take a look any country which has uh, you know a longish acquisition cycle has two disadvantages one is that it discourages investment and actual real application by the industry to move in and start investing so investment gets slower if i know my project is not going to see the light of the day for 3 years 4 years 5 years from now i would not invest today the second part which is more critical is that today technology developments are making in some segments Five years time frame obsolescence for the technology which has been developed in the past. So the key moving forward point would be how can we cut down the acquisition cycle and bring it down to a manageable frame? Maybe twenty four months out outset. Why it should be five six years? And we Absolutely. have an example in emergency procurement. We were doing it in within the year. That's what. That's what precisely my question was. Yeah. 
So I I totally agree. I couldn't have agreed more with you. But uh, we are pushing this. There are number of presentations done by us. Number of times we have raised this issue. Um, I am sure this is the elephant in the room, and people need to find out how to you know uh, tackle this. So I am sure we'll continue to put this as part of our agenda to reduce the acquisition cycle because either we if emergency procurement we could carry out the trials in few months time also qualify and it is possible secondly we got to start thinking maybe de novo you need to start thinking whether you need everything sequentially or whether you need to do parallel do you need to do everything before acquisition or do you need to leave some of the things for post uh, manufacture also how do we handle the quality aspects whether we are um, taking a look at uh, third um, party inspections, whether you're looking at self-certification. Self-certification is one big way. If your companies are today, when we mm, supply all good Indian companies who are in defense, are large manufacturers. All these companies are supplying outside to the world and critical items. All of them are going under self-certification. If I can give a component which goes into Rolls-Royce engine and goes under self-certification, I'm sure I can be trusted for giving an equipment which will meet all the QA requirements of the government of India. So we need to uh, start looking at uh, things. This is one of the things I think uh, 2.0 should bring out. How can we reduce the acquisition cycle? And how can we make the, um, you know, I, I won't say that uh, we are not at fault. Everybody has some role to play. Even industry probably delays the trials. But once you are aware that if you delay, you are out, you will start, uh, you know, be far more responsive. Today, when you ask for RFP to be submitted after 12 weeks, invariably there will be two rounds of extensions, making three months, six months. And when you go for trials, there will be another set of extensions. But if there is a policy which says that all this has to finish in this time, otherwise people are out, everybody will start gearing up for that. If I know that the train is not going to be late and is going to leave the platform, I'll ensure I am there in time. And that is the kind of thing which needs to be done. And... Um, Cutting out the cycle, and you rightly put that point on EP, I think uh, this will be the way forward. But is the government listening? That's my question. Then. Uh, yes, government is listening. Government is alive to it. How long will it take to do it? It may be, you know, there'll be a lot of issues there. It's not uh, just the government alone, bureaucracy. It cannot be alone the armed forces. I think everybody needs to get together and do it. And uh, that's all I can say. I can't say more than that on this particular subject. And so the uh, no the the conversation has been so enlightening, but uh, we all are bound by uh, no uh, uh, time cap. So one last question uh, uh, before I think we'll have to wind up. Uh, I wish we could continue. Uh, is that how is the global community now looking at? India's uh, no military industrial capacity and capability. There's a sea change in the way people look at Indian industry now. Some years ago, it was a totally different thing that you are you are nowhere there in that you know global landscape. Today, we are able to get into international competitions and win. And it's not purely on price; it's also on performance. So there is a change. I'll just give you one example. India signed a Agreement with United States on ISET, yes. Initiatives on Critical and Emerging Technology. I attended a meeting with the UK industry and honestly, they were feeling left out. 
They said, why is that we haven't signed the ICET with India? And you have the UK IBC coming up in full form. So the whole world is looking at us. The whole world is looking to engage us. And our industry are a very vital cog in that engagement. I can assure you, we are being looked at a totally different spectrum. No longer we are being looked at, uh, you know, we can do nothing kind of thing. In fact, the feeling is now setting in that it's time to join hands with India. Otherwise, India will do it on its own. Yeah. On that positive uh, note, uh, thanks, Mr. Bhatia, for engaging us uh, with such a fruitful uh, discussion, sharing uh, insight into the growing military ecosystem, its challenges, exports and road ahead. Hope to see you again with more exciting topics and industry achievement. Thank you so much, Dilip. Thank you so much, uh, BL team. It was my pleasure.